You're listening to the Inverse Podcast, where we explore how the scriptures can turn our world upside down, or how it can be weaponized to uphold the status quo. I'm Drew Hart, and I'm Jared McKenna, and this is Inverse. Welcome back to season three of the Inverse Podcast. Uh, this season is going to be distinctively different. Uh, we lose this season uh, the the influence and charm and uh, wit of David Andrew, who is uh, um, amazing and is uh, pursuing his music in a way that he uh, hasn't done in a little while. And so we've released him to do that. But he will kindly uh, jump back in from time to time. And in fact, we have an episode where he co-hosts an interview with um, uh, Danny Zacharias, a um, North American Indigenous biblical scholar and with Australian climate scientist um, Dr. Mick Pope coming up in uh, just a little while. Um, But with Dave's absence, uh, it leaves room for a very exciting collaboration that has been um, brewing in the background for quite some time with Dr. Drew Hart. Some of you might know uh, Dr. Drew through his uh, writings, uh, in particular, The Trouble I've Seen and the impact that that's had. But Drew, I won't talk about you in the abstract because you're right here. Thanks, mate. I'm excited about you coming on board. What is your passion around Inverse and how does it tie into to your heart and uh, your vision and your own vocation? Yeah, well, first, I mean, I'm just excited to be a part of this uh, collaboration and, and podcast. And honestly, my first interest is partly just to be in conversation with you, Jared. I mean, Oh, you're a sweet man. That's very nice. (laughs) Yes. No, I'm I'm really excited about um, just the opportunity to, to work on this project and this podcast with you over the long haul and to be in dialogue. Um, I find you to be a great dialogue partner and thinker and your witness, your Christian witness um, has been encouragement from the other side of the globe. And so I appreciate Mm. that. Um, for me, in terms of inverse podcast themes itself, I mean, really this this opportunity to dialogue and to converse with people, a whole range of folks from across a variety of different backgrounds, and really let them tell their stories, right? Yeah. Um, and to converse with them around scripture um, and how we read scripture. And I'm not, you know, ignorant of the really complex ways that people approach scripture, um, ways Mm. in which people have, you know, and sometimes traumatic experiences and responses to hearing scripture. And yet, right, in the midst of that, there are really powerful ways in which scripture has impacted people's lives. And so I think the opportunity to engage um, in conversation with folks around the liberative readings, um, the justice-oriented readings, the peacemaking, you know, oriented readings of scripture, um, that's really powerful. And I think it's really needed in our um, moment today. Yeah, totally. And I'm so aware of uh, the potential and power of reading scripture in ways that um, look like the the kind of witness that moves us that we, we long to be a part of. I'm aware that even while filming this, I have dear friends who have just come back from a part of the world that has the sixth largest population um, and uh, somebody who is uh, uh, openly um, holding up 
dictators like Pinochet as a role model has addressed, um, you know, tens of thousands of young Christians um, to do with mission and has uh, uh, said that their nation belongs to um, Jesus. And it's it's an interesting time when those of us who who want the Great Commission to be um, our mission and, and our vocation and what we make our life. And I'm so aware that it's read in such diverse ways that uh, somebody who um, has openly encouraged the bulldozing of uh, the Amazon and um, uh, discrimination against minorities is at the same time on stages with evangelists. And it's maybe like never before in history so important that we are conscious of how we read the scriptures and is it are we doing so in ways that um, uh, form us to be like Christ um, or merely use Christ for some other means um drew those who have listened to my episode with you previously and have um uh, read your writings um your books or heard you uh, preach or lecture will know where you're coming from but for those who are the this is their first taste test of uh, dr drew hart's theology how how would you describe yourself or situate yourself theologically and what makes up the the mix of those that interesting cross-pollination yeah um the the language that i've kind of used i semi-coined and semi it was coined for me um is the <laughs> term anablactivist um anablactivist yeah anablactivist just a, a fun way to describe um some of the major traditions and streams that have shaped me and in particular um, I'm a son of the black church. I grew up in a non-denominational black church that was kind mm. of black Baptist-ish, but not officially in the denomination. Mm. And then um, much later as an adult, as a young adult, um, encountering the Anabaptist tradition as well. And um, slowly, it took a while, but slowly and slowly uh, was really formed and shaped and influenced by that tradition as, as well. And in particular, which people many at least in the united states are not as familiar with i was while i was in philly i was influenced by black and latinx mennonites and you know a whole range of uh anabaptists of color and um in particular those folks are um, really deeply shaped me became really important relation uh, friends and communities and such for me shaped my own formation anyway so now i'm in this kind of jazz space <laughs> um, where both of those traditions are extremely meaningful for me. I, I don't know. I was having a conversation just today about some of my new writing and how people will hear and notice just constantly those voices, those traditions, those communities, yeah. and specific people's voices are constantly in my ears. And so, um, yeah, and a blacktivism. And, and in some ways, it's, again, the black theology and black experience and a baptism in those Anabaptist communities and also um, activism, this um, reading scripture and thinking about my faith um, in terms of the action, right, of being mobilized, organizing, uh, participating on the grassroots level in my own neighborhood uh, with other folks coming alongside, um, just showing love for our neighbors and putting our bodies, right, mm. and putting some time to reflect that and not just um, cute sayings. Yeah, and I'm super excited by what I know of your new book, particularly a couple of chapters that we've talked about. And I'm like, 
man, like now I can't give that sermon without people thinking that that's where I, um, but it's, it's so fantastic. Like I'm so excited about it. What, what would you sum up as the particular ways that uh, both the black church tradition and Anabaptism uh, share or, or don't share in terms of how they approach reading the Bible? Yeah, I mean, my take, um, there's a few things I've noted. Well, number one, I think the thing that really has fascinated me is the ways that those traditions both are doing what I call a, a salvaging project, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they both have recognized how distorted Christianity and its interpretations have often been and how they've been, how the Bible and Christian faith has been interpreted in such a way that it has been unjust and oppressive and violence, right? And in both of those traditions literally are being born under the underside of that violence and oppression. Yeah. Um, so, so they provide a kind of intriguing kind of talk back to the broader Christian tradition. Um, and, and they do that by, one key point is by looking at the particularity of Jesus, uh, mm-hmm. the Jesus story, the teachings and life and death and resurrection of Jesus um, play a particular role. Um, they don't always emphasize the exact same aspects, but what they do is they resist the kind of abstracts ways yes. that Jesus is kind of used and, and becomes a mascot for anything, right? Yeah. And by looking at the particularity of what Jesus actually did and said, um, they kind of resist that temptation to make him a mascot for oppression and violence. Um, in the black church tradition, I mean, I think if you were to look at like Luke 4, 18 and 19, mm-hmm. in some ways that kind of gives you a hint of some of the unique ways in which they've emphasized Jesus as a liberator, um, one who identifies and stands in solidarity with those who are oppressed, right? Um, that's an important part. And in some ways, a new Moses, right, um, who yeah. embodies the... Um, the God of the Exodus um, in human flesh. And then the Anabaptist tradition, what I've noticed is um, the Gospel of Matthew and particularly the Sermon on the Mount has played um, that uh, similar kind of central and pivotal role in terms of interpreting the life of Jesus. And so there we find the the peacemaking of Jesus, the, the Jesus that invites us to love our enemies and to turn the other cheek and find creative ways to resist um, violence and oppression and breaking those cycles. And so um, each of them, again, um, refusing to let Jesus become universalized and abstract and manipulated and twisted and contorted for all different purposes by looking and turning to Jesus. In fact, so this Sunday, I haven't actually written my sermon yet, but I'm going to be preaching on... Um, we'll, we'll do this as sermon prep. This is great. <laughs> yeah, this is sermon prep that you're getting right now. Um but, but Hebrews, too, where I love, you know, they don't see all things subjected under the sun, um, mm. but we see Jesus. I love that yeah. line, right? And I think that that in some ways represents some of what the Anabaptist and Black church traditions represents. Um, they saw the chaos, the violence, the oppression. They experienced it literally in their own bodies. Um, and those traditions bear witness to that. But but they see Jesus and they point us to Jesus and they pointed me to Jesus. And, um, and it's helped me to find concrete stories of people who um, persevered, even though things didn't look um, like they were all falling in place. Nonetheless, they could persevere um, keeping their eyes fixed on Jesus. Mm. And I, I've uh, sought 
to be a, a student of both those traditions um, uh, in in ways that uh, I've experienced in incredible welcome um, and my my life is the recipient of um, the the generosity of uh, being able to, to learn from those places. As we come together for Inverse, what do you, what do you think, what potential do you think there is? Because I know the clear blessings for me, Drew, but what potential do you think there is for um, new things to emerge that um, uh, might not have been as present or um, might pop in the combo of us both? Have you thought much about that? Yeah, I mean, I imagine that just interesting because of some of our overlapping interests around both Anabaptism and um, black theology in the black church. I imagine just really interesting uh, insights as it relates to radical discipleship, mm. to the black prophetic tradition, um, to uh, anti-Christendom kind of spirits, right? And, mm. and anti-colonial spirit, all these things. I think that there's space for that. Uh, but I'm also, I mean, one of the things I really admire about you and, you know, I think about my own upbringing, I would say my church growing up, the black church I'm talking about that I, that formed me most, I would say, I would call it black pietists, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but but I, I would say I admire about you is your neo-Pentecostal kind of influences. <laughs> and, and I always, I always, in my mind think, you know, I kind of wish I had a little more of that influence in me because there's some similarities, I think, in the black church, what what might call black pietists with some Pentecostal traditions, but it wasn't, and it wasn't Pentecostalist. I won't pretend like it was, right? Uh, but I really, I think there is synergy between thinking about um, what it, or serious effort to take Jesus seriously and also mm. take the spirit seriously. Those things go yeah. together. And they both resist the kind of intellectualizing and manipulating of Christendom that has done what has been done in Christian community. So I also look forward to just what you bring also to the table with some of that formation. Yeah. And I mean, that's so generous. Thanks. And as future episodes roll out um, and people notice who are regular listeners will um, intersperse the new interviews amongst, um, we have something like 16 interviews that are uh, because of Dave's work schedule um, and what's happening for his music at the moment, he just wasn't able to get out. So um, you, you'll notice the the different uh, episodes and I'm looking forward to the cross-pollination between those two as well. I think yeah. for both of us, there's um, an importance on um, reading the scriptures should lead to an experience of God that gets us caught up in the presence of God that actually um, uh, isn't merely about some abstract ideas to be applied, but is um, almost about getting out of the way and and letting the Holy Ghost do what the Holy Ghost does and and knowing that that looks like Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) um, We can make it about a whole heap of other stuff, but at the end of the day, if, if, um, a love that doesn't liberate, if that is not seen, um, we got to ask, well, what spirit is actually animating, um, r- regardless of what other manif- manifestations, if, if there isn't freedom and, uh, and if it's not loving, uh, what else is, is going on? So um, I'm excited about this season like I never have been before. And uh, we've had 
um, some amazing interviews in the past, but I really think uh, this this next season and um, some of the people we're talking to, which is a surprise um, for us as much as it is everybody else, is uh, going to, to challenge and encourage and hopefully make discipleship practical in ways that people do desire God's presence and to be caught up in that presence and somehow to um, encounter that presence in those places and those people that we otherwise might not expect it. So that's our hope and our prayer for Inverse. And Drew, I'm so excited to have you on. Like I, I love Inverse already, but thinking about um, you being involved, I, I'm just really excited. So thanks, mate. Praise God. Yep. Praise God. <laughs> we'll see you soon for the next episode. Peace. The Inverse Podcast is proudly supported by you, the listener. And if you want to join the revolutionaries who are helping us have conversations about how this ancient text can still turn the world upside down, why don't you head over to patreon.com slash inverse.